yeah, yeah. Sit down. Be hungry. Sit down. Be hungry. Our special guest here today is Miguel Escobedo, aka Al Pastor Poppy. All over your body. <laughs> Uh, what else listeners can find you by besides Alpha Star Poppy? Well, right now you can find me on my personal IG, which is Miguel E415, or at Alpha Star Poppy415. Also on Facebook, Alpha Star Poppy415. I love wow, it. That's so concise. I got it covered. There's nice. a there's a theme going on. Alpha Star. Yes. And 415. 415. And a little poppy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget the pappy. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for being here. Ah, fuck. I tried so hard to get here on time, but then there's hey. hills and walking involved. Hey, no worries. You got a you got a match to play after this. Yeah, that's right. You, you got a pre-work. You got a warm up for your yeah. game. Man, today I did my soul cycle and then I went to the gym and then I climbed this hill just now to get here. So <laughs> my day's complete. And then now you're just on a show talking about now food and just, just trying to undo it all. Later yeah. and just not even <laughs> care about, about it. What is it? A uh, hashtag bring Mexi back? Bring Mexi. Mexi back. Mexi back. I'm bringing Mexi back. <laughs> yeah. That's what's up. So Miguel, how did you get started with food? I when mean, I was besides born, just eating I it. Ate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was this and umbilical you food cord. to live. <laughs> You know, my family's been in the restaurant business in the Bay Area. It's crazy, dude. It's the craziest story you've ever heard. There's this little ass town by Guadalajara, Mexico. It's like a little Pueblo, right? And out of that town came out like 10 super successful restaurateurs. And now when you go back to that town, it's got it's like plush living. It's crazy. In Guadalajara. And in, in near Guadalajara, okay. it's called Cuautla, Jalisco. Shout out to Cuautla, Jalisco. That's where my mom was born. So one of those restaurants that came out of there was Celia's restaurant. Celia is my great aunt. Oh, wow. So Celia's, there's about 14 in the Bay Area right now. And that's where I trained. So it started in Guadalajara and now they have branches well, no, here in the, the Bay. The people were born there, but they all came to the United States. And then, you know, actually a lot of them during the Bracero program to work the fields. And during that time, my aunt started doing a, they had a coffee shop. And then my great aunt Celia would make my great uncle Perfecto just lunch. A couple that's of enchiladas. Awesome. That's an awesome name. Yeah. Perfecto <laughs> yeah. is yeah. an amazing name. name. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Sorry, go and on. And so the customers were like, yo, man, I want to try some of that. And that looks good. All right, we'll come back tomorrow. I'll bring some enchiladas. And Celia's was born out of that. And this is here in the Bay Area. This right? is on Judah. Oh, okay. And this is like 50 years ago. Okay. Crazy. So out of that, my uncles opened up more Celia's restaurants. And then... Uh, out of Celia's came Papalote. So I was born into it. I had no choice. My <laughs> first job was busboy, you know, dishwasher at Celia's in San Rafael. And so I always liked the restaurant business. I re always liked the industry, the work, the behind the scenes, all that. And I love working with food. My mom was a baker more than anything. My dad was a really cool cook. He just liked to experiment and make stuff. And so I was inspired by both. Has um, every generation uh, worked in the restaurant? I think so, yeah. Some opted out mm -hmm. and some just kind of kept it going. A lot of my cousins now own like the Celia's in Daly City, Fernando and Raph. Oh, man, I'm going to have to check it out. I haven't been to any of the Celia's. Yeah, Celia's is pretty bomb. It's, it's kind of crazy Juan because... Juan says it's two yeah, thumbs up. He knows, <laughs> he knows what's up. <clears throat> A lot of cheese going on. 
it's dope. It's kind of like a mix between Mexican food and like a little Tex-Mex, you know, the crunchy tacos and uh-huh. all that. But it's really like comfort food. It's just a big ass plate with hella beans and cheese and then crunchy stuff, you know. I you like can't it. Close. That's everything that I like. I mean, we like texture. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And then uh, my brother and I decided to start a new thing called Papalote. And you might have heard about it. Yeah. You might have seen it. It started in 1999. So it would be our 19th year, if my math is correct, in March. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, man. That's <clears throat> impressive being that things here now are so temporary or so kind of quick. So anything that's kind of had the longevity in the Bay Area is something to be celebrated. Yeah, well, sure. a lot of people don't have the roots. You know, they have the idea. They're like, oh, there's a lot of hungry people with money. Let's uh, open up a fancy place and do, uh, you know, this and that. But it's an idea. They don't know how to do it or what it takes. So they don't last, you know. Mm. It takes a lot of things to make these things go. So give a, a brief history of Papalote. So it started as salsa? Papalote or? started in 1999 as uh, one place in the mission, a taqueria or a burrito spot. We're not really a taqueria. We actually, fun fact, we didn't have tacos when we opened Papalote. Oh, really? So the burri- it was strictly yeah, it was burritos. just burritos and quesadillas. And it was kind of uh, inspired by... I went to uh, City College in Santa Barbara, and there's this place near UC called Freebirds. Oh, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've, Freebirds I've is dope. If you've ever partied it. in Santa Barbara, you know about Freebirds. <laughs> and it, Shout it's out not to very, yeah, it's not very uh, authentic, but it did have really fresh food and a very clean, simple concept. And that I always uh, carried that with me. So we went for that approach when I was asked to create the menu. So what? Papalote. So what was kind of the climate of? Tacarias and burrito places back in 1999. Well, you know, it's funny because there's so many. All the OGs, you know, La Taqueria, mm-hmm. um, Farolito, El Toro, um, La Cumbre, Pancho Villa, and so on. But I kind of feel like they're all doing the same thing. Somehow, you know, they have their differences for sure, but it's kind of like the same thing. So instead of competing with 40 taquerias, we're really competing with one concept. For burritos. Uh, just the same menu with different twists all over the mission. And me, I was born in Mexico City, and in Mexico City, it, you'll find street tacos and the fanciest shit you've ever eaten in your life. Like Michelin rated, you know, like super fancy restaurants. Can we swear? I don't yeah, know. you're good, you're good. I that- got to visit Mexico City for the first time a few months ago oh, and I was dope. amazed. It's amazing. And I think I they're just more amazing than ever. Like the restaurants, the the museums, dude, you can spend a week going to different museums, Frida Kahlo. Yeah, every, totally. You know, every, everyone has some dope art there. And um, every it's dope. It's a dope city. Sometimes you feel like you're in Europe, you know, because of the old buildings. Every time it comes up, it makes me more bummed I haven't gone yet. Bro, you got to go, yeah. man. I heard yeah. for food, though, too. Uh, Oaxaca's where it's at more for Oaxaca, food. Oaxaca, uh, they do their thing, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And Puebla does their thing, and Guadalajara does their thing. and But Mexico City, you can get, I feel like... Great street food, the birthplace of Al Pastor, and mm-hmm. amazing restaurants. And, and it's crazy. I've been to Mexico City with Shortcut. We did a gig there. Then I went back one time and DJed for Los Racas. And then I went back recently to take a culinary class there at an institute for Al Pastor. And during all these times, I took those guys to get some Al Pastor, you know? Because that's you, my shit. Did you go to the one that's um, near the car wash? That's like 40 of them. No. It was it was in between. Oh, that like, one by the car wash. It was in between like oh, Condesa and and Cayocan. I think oh, you damn. told me about this and one. I, like it was hard I, to find. Well, that one was the one that I could. I just I 
there was not enough meals for me to go eat everything I wanted to yeah. bookmark. <laughs> not enough stomachs, not enough days. Yeah. One I time ran out I, of time. <laughs> one time I went, when I, my first back, my first time back in Mexico City after I had not been there for a long time, I went to El Tizoncito, which is kind of like the spot that blew, blew up a store up in Mexico City. They have like 10 places now. Are they all in Mexico City? Yeah, okay. El Tizoncito. So you go up to the guy. There's like four dudes with a, a pastor thing, right? You go up to them and you tell them, I want four with everything, okay? So they'll cut it up for you, put all the cilantro and trimming, salsa, and give you a plate with four tacos, four wax papers, right? So you're cool, you fuck those up, and then you stand by him again, and he looks at you, he already knows what you want. Boom, four more right there. <laughs> like, unless you changed it for some reason, that's what's coming, what you ordered first. So boom, four more. So you eat those, now you got eight wax papers. So you stand by him again, boom, four more. <laughs> I had 27. Oh my oh God. My. This last trip? He, no, this was when I was like 17. <laughs> and I could do shit like that. Well, you could do that. But, that's impressive. And the cool thing is you go up to the register after you finish and you give them your plate and uh, they just count, count the, the wax plate. papers your empty bottles of whatever you drank and then charge you so it's dope man i was going for it i love that i'm slowly getting a little list for when i can finally make my way out there yeah, yeah you, you gotta go out there so much so let's bring it back to the states yeah uh, you start papalote with your brother where did um, papalote come from like what is the what does the name come from well it's crazy because um we couldn't think of a name and so we're like damn what should we do and one of my brother's friends was doing the decorations and his concept was to put kites on the ceiling and like a light on top of that so it would shine down on the kites the concept sounded amazing he did it it didn't work it was horrible <laughs> we're like oh shit this looks horrible <laughs> oh, no. but the word for kite in spanish is papalote and so during this whole thing, we kept saying, "Oh, ese papalote, no, I can put el papalote aquí porque uh, papalote." <laughs> and we're like, "Okay, let's think of a name now." Yeah, move that papalote over there. Bro. Okay. I can't think of anything. I almost get tired of the word by that point. And then we're like, "Oh shit!" It just stuck. And the beauty of it is that at the beginning of our concept, or when I created the menu, I emphasized the grill. So we kind of recreated like an outdoor picnic birthday type atmosphere that's very common in Mexico City where you go out and have a cookout, you know, carne asada on the grill, the sun, and the kites, you know, flying out in the park, papalotes everywhere. So it super went with our concept and we're just like, it was right there the whole time. And so it's crazy how stuff happens, right? Yeah. Or you just arrive at those kind of conclusions. That's, I mean, I'm, I'm familiar with the brand and had no idea of that whole backstory. Yeah, I still yeah. thought the branding itself looked beautiful. You know, I'm a yeah. designer and it always stuck out to me. So it's cool now to actually know that that's the backstory. Yeah, that's the backstory. So it's, it's still like personal to us. Yeah, it definitely gives it more of a connection. And like you were saying, a lot of the OG taquerias that are already in town kind of were doing their thing. And you kind of fell into your own of doing it in a way that no yeah. one was doing it yet. Almost sure. 20 years ago. Yep. And now you see a lot of tofu on the menus <laughs> everywhere. But, you know, for me personally, I was trying to eat better, just be more conscious of what I'm putting in my mouth at the time. And so I didn't really want lard. Mm -hmm. I didn't really want all meat options. And here's the thing. I don't know. It's kind of like trivial, whatever. If you're vegan and you go to 90% of the taquerias in San Francisco and you ask for a rice and bean burrito because you're vegan, you're eating chicken broth and pork. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And you may know it. You may not. You just kind of don't think about it and you fuck it up. But <laughs> that's the that's the fact. So I was like, man, let's be more upfront about our ingredients and make a vegan rice, all vegan beans, and just kind of 
push the envelope on how fresh Mexican food could be, right? Make a proper vegan burrito. Yeah, <laughs> seems common practice now, but probably again, like 20 years it ago, was pretty, no one like, was doing that. Unheard yet. of for burritos. There was one place called Maya that was kind of doing it on 16th and Guerrero that was kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. And other places, I heard something on Lower Hate Street, but we kind of just made that happen. And then with the feedback of the neighborhood, we added more vegan stuff, soy rizo, which at first I was like, hell no, nah, <laughs> I've had chorizo and it's pretty good. Well, that's the thing. This vegan girl came up to me that was a customer and appreciated our vegan options. And she was like, yo, have you ever had soy rizo? And I was like, oh, man, don't bring that <laughs> to me. Yeah. Like, what, what, nah. year, what year was this? This was like in 2000. Oh, you know? wow. And I was like, what the hell is soy rizo? I was just like, nah, <laughs> blood. And she's like, when you eat chorizo how do you eat it usually I'm like with eggs all day that's this is how i get down with chorizo for mm-hmm. sure she's like okay so the next day she brought scrambled eggs with soy rizzo and she's like try this i'm like oh snap and it looked yeah yeah, yeah it i was looks like okay that tastes, looks like the one i grabbed my fire grilled corn tortilla and some salsa and made that happen and i was like yo this is delicious i mean mm-hmm. i can have this and not eat chorizo, I'm down. Like, I feel like you don't miss the meat at you all. Don't miss, it's you the, don't the miss it. Because the flavor's there. We've had vegans return the burrito. Like, yo, you actually put ground beef in my <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, I asked that's, for chorizo. I'm like, that, that is chorizo. Like, what? In a way, that's kind of like a compliment then. No, that's, yeah, that's so convincing. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make them return it. That was funny. Yeah, yeah that's, that's hilarious. Cool. So, I mean, speaking about salsa, you may have seen the Papalote salsa in stores if you're in the Bay Area. Or how far is it's, it available? I don't it's know. in around 400 stores now. Uh, in the West Coast, including California, uh, Northern California, I should say. I think some parts of Hawaii, maybe uh, Portland, Seattle, but mainly Whole Foods and Safeway in California. You said very North, distinct, Northern. very distinct jar. So how did it get to that point? Oh man, the salsa business is no joke. The retail business, it's no joke. I always compare it to the music business. Like if you have one hit single, like that's nice, but you better come with an album and mm-hmm. promo and backing and videos and the sophomore album and you know awards because just to stand out a little bit and hopefully make it so it was the same thing like we had an awesome salsa like i remember when i first made it part of again like i want everything as fresh as possible every ingredient i'm gonna treat as best as i can and then bring them together in a special way which is what makes the salsa what it is you know, we made it and we would we'd put in a mason jar in the fridge where the drinks are. That's it. Like, you want this? You want to take this home? Mason jar. Mm-hmm. We just made it here. So people would say, like, yo, man, you should sell this at the store. Like, nah, I mean, you want it to be fresh. we're not, we're not going to make it. Like, why would anyone buy this? I mean, people around here like it, but, you know, you can't go into that business. Mm-hmm. So come here if you want it. All right, cool. And then in 2008, we got a call from Food Network. Hey, we want you to be on Food Network. We're like, what? Okay. And they said it was the show about some shit like um, Brotherly Grub or some special for the holidays. And I was like, okay. So we just kind of played along. But How does that work? Like, does someone submit your name in? or they? Just no, you know, they do their research. research. I mean, okay. Well, here's the thing. Like, We'd won a bunch of like local best burrito things. Okay. Yeah, no big deal. And then, uh, I mean, yeah, which is super dope. <laughs> I, you know, I'm pretty aggressive on the internets. Yes. And so, you know, I was posting. Thing. And the beauty of everything is that, you know, I'm a DJ and all my homies, their job is promotions. 
So we'd throw the logo on flyers. I would bring food to events. I would tell them, hey, if you have an artist, bring them through. We'll feed them for free, whatever, get some pictures. And a combination of so many things made that place what it is now. People are just talking about it. And I mean, the base of it is the food was really fresh and really good. Yeah, you can't do all those other things you said unless yeah, that I mean, base is Yeah, that's there. just extra. You yeah. Know? yeah. You yeah. got to have the goods. So we got that call. We're doing the taping for the show, and out comes Bobby Flay. So you had we're no the, idea. We're in the. We had an idea, <laughs> but the production company was like, "Nah, this is just you know special." Oh, they were kind of tipped off. Probably. But I mean, that's the premise of the they show. Want, they want like a Bobby live Flay reaction. Yeah, they got to pounce you. Yeah, they got to pounce say, on you. you know? So sure enough, he comes out, and we're. I'm like, oh shit, this just got really <laughs> real. In front of me stands an Iron Chef, the most popular chef probably, arguably, on Food Network, With challenging lunch. me. Yeah. And his forte is like Southwest yeah. Mexican. It's going to challenge my food on TV. So I was crapping my pants. As <laughs> but um, luckily I wore diapers that day. <laughs> no. So then we do the throwdown and I'm just trying to think about the next move. I'm not thinking about anything else. Just don't mess it up. That's yeah. all that's on my head. Like, Make sure the food's proper. Don't say something stupid. So, <laughs> and all of a sudden, the judges come in. They taste the food, and then they're about to announce the winner. And it dawns on me, like, wait, we probably will lose, but we might win. What? <laughs> so then we're B. Bobby Flay is A, and the lady says, and the winner is B. And I froze. I froze so bad. They had to redo that part. The oh, take. Really? Oh, the, no. the, the director's like, everyone's wow. like, Miguel, move. <laughs> Are you okay? Do something. You know I, what? I literally froze. I was just like, <laughs> and I froze. This is before I moved to the Bay. So I remember watching this at home in Sacramento. And uh, I'm just glad I know that little production yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> It was crazy. And then they redid that in the B. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I dabbed. No, it was, that wasn't way before the dab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the Millie Rock. <laughs> or Soldier Boy Dance might have been big back I then. I just did the Running Man. Because that's always timeless, timeless. The, the original. Bobby Flay was like, whoa, this sauce is really good. I want to take some home. Ooh. And that sentence, I think, is on the jars. And so we're like, oh shit, Bobby Flay just said to the nation, this shit's really good. I want to take some home. So we're like, okay, maybe I think now we <laughs> have now, now the you ammunition have a... to launch yeah. this shit to, to the stores and the rest is history. Oh man. So like when I moved here almost six years ago and I remember I lived in Petrero Hill, pretty close to the Whole Foods there. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I'm making new friends in the city and people are like always talking about Papalote Salsa. And I was kind of like, I don't know, man, salsa at Whole Foods. I'm not sure about that. I couldn't, sure, sure. I couldn't commit to buying it yet. Okay. I think Whole Foods still kind of had the only high-end rap back then and yeah. it, it has it less Mainly, now yeah. thanks to the Amazon thing right, maybe right, right. but I think it had it to a more extreme extent back then sure. so then like even before me buying it like I saw I watched that Bobby Flay episode and I was like alright I'm not convinced yet what I, I wasn't I wasn't hey, you're, you're a tough cookie you're convinced now because <laughs> he's here no I get it now yeah, but like yeah. back you know I was no, 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 you know, and, five and that's years, six years younger I was a and little, that's what's I was crazy, a little like, naive like, I'm from LA you know no, so but that's the deal that's, like, have, that's what I was talking about like she saw us on TV you know she knows the jar she's seen it at Whole Foods and still she wasn't trying to buy it that's how hard that business is yeah yeah, right? yeah. like 
yo, Bobby Flay wants so to take was, it home. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm from LA. But like, that's your right. I'm going to love a taqueria. Like, sure. you know, like that's what I grew up on eating. Yes, and so yes. I was like, I don't know. This salsa is being sold at Whole Foods. Like, I'm not trying to buy salsa at Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah okay. Absolutely. And it was actually um, past guest Julie, a.k.a. Burrito Influencer. Low-key Burrito Influencer. Low-key Burrito Influencer. She took me to... Who is this? Uh, our friend Julie. Julie Draglin. I love her. Yes. Earlier guest she, on the show. So she actually lives in Oakland now. Right. And she still comes to Papalote. That's right. The vegetarian burrito is her favorite. That's right. She eats about two to three a week. Damn. She actually had a challenge where she had to eat, what was it, three or four a day or something she like that? She had to eat. I think I met her. Yes. All yeah. meals had to be eaten by burrito form. It was yeah, like a, I think I met her. It was like yeah. a work competition. I think, and she might be the wrong person, but her final burrito of the thing was at Papalote. I think. I don't remember. Pretty but, sure it is. But that's dope. But okay, she's the can... one that took me, and I had the Mexipino. Oh, yeah. That's a good burrito. That is a that good burrito. sounds like a very Bay Area thing, So too. it's funny because the whole menu is based on fresh, healthy you know, all that. The Mexipino was not. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like, let's do um, chicken adobo. I asked a couple of Lolas and some homies and I got my own spin on it, which is pretty straightforward. Nothing funky. You know, you got the bay leaves, the brown sugar, pepper, the soy sauce, the vinegar, the bacon grease. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and wouldn't, you know, wouldn't hurt though. I'm like, mm. <laughs> and so, you know, I had my adobo and then we just took our rice and through the beautiful influence of Benihana's, I took my rice and threw butter and garlic on it. I'm like, that's it. And every time I have a um, Filipino plate, it's the rice, the protein, and tomatoes. That's just every time I would have it, right? So I just put some chopped tomatoes in there to break up the salty and the oily and give it some freshness. And that's the simplicity of the Mexipino. And oddly enough, the day after we were aired on Food Network for the Bobby Flay Challenge, I was on uh, Adobo Nation for the wow. For Mexipino. the Mexipino. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Super crazy. I was the first non-Filipino chef to be on Adobo Nation. Wow. That's crazy. So I dabbed again. <laughs> dabbed. To the Millie Rock. <laughs> Millie dabbed. Millie dabbed. Millie dabbed. dabbed one time. All right. I'm a huge fan. I brought the salsa to work. So yeah, I want to know. So what happened? So your girl brought you. and <laughs> She brought she, me. I'm, and I'm I interviewing you now. I tried it and I was like, damn, this is pretty good. Okay. And after you rubbed it all over your body, <laughs> then what? And then um, I poured all the chips on a tarp and then I just rolled in it. Yes. <laughs> and then it just stuck to me. Oh my God. <laughs> and the rest you can't talk about. No. Yeah. See, that's like common therapy that's, that's then, <laughs> but you were like originating it yeah, back in the day. A, She's already soaking on the but like spapalote. Spapalote. <laughs> but yeah, I've like, you know, it's kind of my go-to salsa now. I love that. I, I'm a fan of the, you the know, green jar. Yeah, the green jar is the serrano tomatillo. So that one, we were trying to give you the feel of salsa verde, mm -hmm. but still sticking to the roasted tomato recipe. Our homegirl Cheryl was visiting her family in the Philippines, and she was buying things to bring back. I know she bought jars of papalote. Wow. They wanted things from America. San Francisco, yeah. Specifically yeah. San Francisco. That's dope. And so I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's super cool. That's pretty cool. There's no Whole Foods there, <laughs> no. as far as I know. So then, okay, yes, I'm a fan of the papalote salsa. I still didn't know you. And then you came, you showed up at one of our Cuffin events. Yes, when Ben was playing. Well, wow. No, Ben's always playing. It was I forget who it was. Somebody else was guest so DJ. You, and then you came to hang out. And I then Ben asked me to spin. You came on for the last yeah, two yeah, songs. Yeah. And it was amazing. I think I, I think played Sade. You played Sade. And then I dabbed in Millie Rock. <laughs> That's just the theme for everything. That's yeah. what you do And then that's when I was like, all right, I kind of know this guy. Friend request. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah me too. Hey, I was like, hey. who's this spunky chick over here <laughs> dabbing in 
rolling all over the floor with chips and salsa. <laughs> Little did you know it was dine piece. <laughs> yes. So yes. that's cool, man. So earlier you talked about kind of when you were getting your salsa out to stores, you compared it a lot to DJing. How, how do you kind of correlate other things with what you do with this to DJing? Well, that's the thing. Like, to me, I just love meeting people and making connections. And the funny part is, like, if my ass is standing on the sidewalk, right, outside my restaurant, just standing outside of, uh, of Papalote, and some lady walks by, and I go like, hey, how are you? How was your day? She would probably run. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like, just keep looking at her phone yeah, or something. Just, yeah. Yeah. And tweet about it. But this I could just, guy. yeah, this rendered dude. Millie Rock chewing dabbing in front of me. <laughs> if I go into the restaurant behind the counter, and the same lady walks in, and I go like, hey, how are you? How you doing? How was your day? She'll give me her pin code. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. super open. And, and that's why I like the restaurant business the beauty of food and you can connect with people and because it's the establishment they trust you and that's been the case though i mean i've been a busboy at celia's and been like hey como esta you know how was your day and they're like yo miguel yeah great and like you get to know people families i've seen kids that were born a day after we opened and now there's some grown-ass men you know like 18 years that's got to be a great feeling though it's nuts yeah. it's nuts awesome. it's, it's no, you surreal. have that longevity yeah it's surreal and it's cool and and like uh, you know, I see customers that have been coming since day one, and we've heard all the stories, like uh, at our, you know, people's weddings, and uh, just so many crazy cool stories. Before we had the salsa avail available shelf stable, when it was just the jar in the fridge, some guy would come in, buy like ten jars, oh, freeze dry them, <laughs> put them in a cooler, and fly them to France. Wow. Whoa. So at that point, my salsa had traveled more than I had. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's, that's insane. Crazy. Um, yeah, so that's the deal. So I know after we became Facebook friends, you went back out of retirement from DJing to help all the fires. So, but when yeah. did you stop DJing? Well, here's the funny part. My friends make fun of me all the time, but the first time I retired <laughs> was okay. when my, MJ, MJ retired it's, twice. It's so good, you right? Jay-Z, too short. All of them. <laughs> same, you brought, same. It back, brought it back to being local with that. Same, same. So what happened was when my son was born, I was like, okay, dad time. I can't bullshit. Hanging out, drinking and smoking and driving late at night. And I have a newborn, you know? My wife's going to need me. I'm, you know, I'm going to need them. Like, I retired. And it was pretty low-key. It was at 111 Minna. So I retired. They had, like, some fashion monthly party. I remember it. And then uh, Fran was like, okay, yo, Mr. E, whoa. That night I came home at like two, three in the morning and my son was just waking up and you know, I'm like, oh shit, cool. So I was, you know, you're still wired after you go out, especially <laughs> DJing. You're not like super tired yet. That adrenaline. Yeah. Right. And like you still hear the music. So I just kind of unwind with my son, fed him. It was super dope. He fell asleep. I fell asleep. Mom didn't have to wake up. When, and, when? And it kind of dawned on me like this DJ schedule is actually not bad <laughs> for this, you know? So I kind of snuck back into it because I'd been DJing since I was 14, like hella long. It's been like 30 years. And I'm not the career DJ, like Shortcut, you know, Qbert. I just, oh. So you got this other hustle So it's been too, a part yeah. of me and I've always liked DJing and I like working and the restaurant business. So that's the correlation there is that DJing as well as food allow me to connect with people, you know? So the music moves people. And, and when I make a dope mix, people are moved on the dance floor and people come up to me like, yo, man, what was that song? Or, yo, that was a dope blend or what have you. And then after they ate, like, yo, man, what was that spice? That, yo, was, a good, man, that was a dope that blend. Was a, yeah, a good, that was a dope, dope spice blend. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? For yeah. real. So it's like 
went hand in hand so good. And it was so easy to get people to bring artists to the restaurant because everyone likes to eat. Of course. And promoters like to not pay for <laughs> anything they can. So. Well, it's just music and food really go hand to hand. Like, it's very it's common. Inter- like, it's like worldwide. You exactly. Know? Like, yeah. it's very common when you're eating, you're talking about food. Yeah. At a music event or, you know, listening to music, you're talking about music. Those are the two they, things that. Pretty much. That's the common like, denominator. Exactly. Uh, both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for February, sure. You rolled up with your Dilla hat. Yeah. You know and where, I mean, you I'm you know such a Dilla head. <laughs> and like I said, like, I met. All my heroes through music and food. Or vice versa. Yeah, vice versa, yeah. Well, I guess. But I got to smoke out with Dilla a couple of times because wow. of J-Rock and those cats. And I met J-Rock through Shortcut. And, you know, like we named a burrito after those cats, the Triple Threat. And mm-hmm. it just all goes hand in hand. I'm glad we got you here in February. It's yeah. like perfect timing. Perfect timing. Yeah, we had our Dilla event actually not uh, that's where I saw two you. Fridays, yeah. Two Fridays ago, yeah. And we have it every year and it's more than a club night for me because everyone that's there is down for some Dilla mm-hmm. and they get it. So it's odd to walk into a club at one in the morning when usually the party should be raging and everyone's like all mellowed out listening to these obscure Dilla beats and like super Because everyone there's a head. Everyone yeah, everybody. And like Rich Medina, we've had Rich Medina do his interpretation. We've had Red Matic, we've had House Shoes, we've had J-Rock, we've had Plattern. We always have Halo, Mm -hmm. uh, myself, Shortcut. It's just amazing. A bunch of homies, so. And they all have something to do with Dilla or do a great Dilla set. I remember a DJ Halo, Old Distortion Aesthetic. He gave me a Dilla mix. And everyone that's down with Dilla has given you a Dilla mix. But he gave it to me two months before Dilla passed. Wow. Oh. It's the only Dilla mix I know of that someone's like, I'm feeling Dilla, I'm gonna make a mix before he passed. And it was in my tape player, my CD player, the day Dilla passed. Oh, wow. wow. So I was just like, wow. So that's. That like gave me a chill. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, that's imagine. Crazy. That's quite a connection that most other folks that are a fan of him maybe don't yeah. know about her. And, and a lot of people know, knew about Dilla, but didn't know it was Dilla, you know? Or for me, I'm a younger dude. I only was really into Slum Village back then. Yeah. And I didn't even know until, you know, things happened. Yeah. So that's. But even like people insane. that were into the late, like the last um, Tribe album, a lot of Common, a lot of Badu, a lot of D'Angelo. All that Soquarian stuff. All of it. He was behind that. And that's some of the most beautiful music that's come out ever. I mean, it says something. Look how much he's continued to be celebrated to this day. Yeah. A thousand people that two weeks ago, 11 years ago. You yeah, know what I mean? It's the yeah. same. It's the same, and, if not growing even and more. And that's the beauty of it, that people are discovering Dilla for the first time because of our affection and our appreciation for what mm-hmm. the music that he did. Okay. I'm glad this interview turned into a Dilla thing. <laughs> I feel like it had to. <laughs> it fuck had to. Burritos. You wore that hat for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure, actually, if it was like video or not, so I'm like, well, let me rock nah, my just Dilla. The, just the IG story. That was about my it. essential <laughs> coat. <laughs> it still <laughs> works. It still works. Okay, but yeah, dude, so when you go to the restaurants, you would hear some Dilla and some Fat John and some different... Oh, if you're talking you know. about Fat John, I'm a big Ninja Best fan too. Oh, so. yeah. And we actually play a, a little set too during the Dilla tribute because they passed. Well, they're born also now. about on the same right, day. Right, right, yeah, right. Same yeah, day pretty same much day. too, that's, which is that's insane. A, yeah. And plus I look like him a little bit more. Uh, there you go. <laughs> you so relate you to it like, more. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Going back to like the music thing, like you came out of retirement again to help all these. So yeah, so I retired that first time. Yeah, and then uh, 
I retired again <laughs> on my birthday last year because I was like, dude, I'm getting hella old. And here's the thing. I made a commitment to myself to put my health first. I was putting my DJing in a high priority and it was time to not. So I'm like, let me just do some gigs and then finish on my birthday. And then that's it. I'm going to start working out, eating right. I got a nutritionist. I went to Soul Cycle. I lost like... Multiple times a day. Yeah. <laughs> I, went to, I lost like 40 pounds. Wow. And I got, you know, the best shape of my life since senior year in high school. So now that I have that in control and my eating and my working out and I'm good, I've taken a couple of gigs, but I came out of retirement specifically for the Santa Rosa fires, the Napa fires. One of our family homies lost his house. And it hit home. I'm like, shit. I mean, you work a hard day or you're a student, whatever the hell you do, and then you come home. And that's where you come to chill and put your hat and your keys and, you know, turn on the TV and plop on the couch and grab whatever food. They lost that. Yeah. That one day they didn't have that. And that's that blew my mind. It's uh, my boy Alberto and his wife. And then they have like a 10-year-old girl. And so I was like, damn. So they had a GoFundMe. I got on a group chat with all the people I know, our promoters. I'm like, listen, I'm retired, but if you have any gigs for me, I'll do them and donate the pay to the homies. Their GoFundMe, and we raised like five thousand dollars. That's awesome. So five thousand out of the fifteen thousand they were pushing for, and luckily, you know, they're smart people and able to get back on their feet, and so. That's what's up, but it was crazy. So and then many I, tragedies I would, this you year. Know, yeah, I did some drives, like like collected yep. um, stuff for the yeah, victims. Yeah, I remember like um, the Papalote locations were like the drop-off zones. Yeah, and we were very specific. We're like, brand new shit. I don't want your old ass, stank ass gym shorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I did a drive for Standing Rock when that was cracking, and me and my boy drove out to Standing Rock to take wow. all the things. I wasn't specific, and people were dropping off like, They're trash. unwashed ass garbage uh, their heart was in the right place but there's still that extra level of detail that you've got like, to come really on dude do, yeah. like you want anybody else to wear this like nah so half my trip was to salvation army to give them that stuff so this time we're just really specific and um at least you'd have to go as far this time yeah <laughs> it's a lot shorter but yeah so i drove through like burnt ass places and houses and it was it was so Man, emotional. I even remember being here in the city in the East Bay, how much you could see it from here. And Not only that, but the everything. smoke yeah. was yeah. disgusting. It the was smoke bad. was thick like it was down the street. I work in Marin, so a lot of my patients or people that I was interacting were heavily affected by it. Yeah, yeah. They had some drop-offs at the Civic Center Mm -hmm. in Marin, too. I went over there. I actually grew up in San Rafael, so. Oh, okay, okay. And lived in Santa Rosa. And that's the thing. We had a Celius in Santa Rosa. That's why, aside from my homies losing their place, that's why. That used to be home for me, you know, for about a couple of years before the whole Papalote thing, so. I wanted to go and help the homies. Have you um, gone back to see, like, has it has it built up a bunch? Well, a lot of the retail places, you yeah. know, they, they're up Probably more running. cash flowers. Yeah. Than that. Or well, because it's corpor- better set up, corporate. Yeah. Corporate, better set up, yeah. yeah. Some places are building slowly, but it's just... The thing that sucks is like some of the people that lost their community won't be able to return because it'll be new and a little more expensive. True. Damn, and that's so it just kind of sucks. You know, the, the system takes advantage of people. And For sure. There's no exception there. There should at least be still some ways to help. So if there's any, we'll let you guys know. Yeah, yeah. For we'll sure. Post, we'll post it up on the... Actually, uh, DJ A-Man and Truth Live, you can find them on Instagram. 
they sure. set up a, a, a fund that's still very active in bringing back the community part of that loss. So support those cats. They're still working hard for their community because they're both from there. Nice. Yeah. We'll make sure we post that. So sure. you did that Alpastor Institution. I've been wanting to master the Alpastor for a while, and I finally decided to be proactive. So here's the bombshell that I told you I was going to tell you. I almost forgot. We, got, we went on such a journey. <laughs> I almost <Yeah>. forgot. <laughs> So two weeks ago, I sold my half of Papalote so okay. to my brother. Okay, so it's still in the family. So it's still in the family. It's still like all the chefs are trained by me. I still, you know, everything's cool. I just, it was time for me to kind of do my own thing. Progress, yeah. Yeah, and like... Evolve. And, you know, I feel like I did what I, my heart wanted to do and accomplish beyond what I even thought was going to happen there. I mean, I didn't think Kendrick Lamar who wrote the theme to this show <laughs> was going to eat at Papalote. He, he did? He was there. I got pictures on oh, uh, wow. Facebook. But um, Kendrick Lamar was there. Miguel, the singer, was there. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that. That was um, pretty recent. He's actually, he actually likes that spot. Uh, my boy Boxkev is a good friend with him. So he's been to the spot, I think, of like 10 times ever since the beginning of his career. Um, we've had like all the OGs, Premier, Pete Rock, uh, man, uh, KRS-One, uh, Slick Rick. Well, I think KRS-One is notorious vegetarian, I think. Yeah, or well, vegan. He vegetarian because he would get the fish burrito. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. pescatarian. Him and points. his wife would get the fish burrito. Oh, okay. And they would try to like order it, not, but I knew he was in town. and be like, yeah, two fish burritos. <laughs> man, come on. Like, man, I should, yeah, like, I can't do that. <laughs> pretend like, okay, I know it's you now. <laughs> so, I'd be like, what kind of beans would you like? He'd be like, black beans. So I'm like, okay, your care is one. <laughs> For the fans out there, the black cop song. Yeah. So yeah, man, it's incredible that all these people have been to the restaurant, all the beat junkies, the triple thread, obviously. So I'm like, man. And then my nature is to be giving to my community, to give back, because I was so blessed. So I always give back. I volunteer at Glide. When shit hits a fan, I'm trying to lead by example and gather up the folks because I feel like I know a few folks from all the scenes so I kind of like bring people bring together, together and let's just get down and we did it for Standing Rock and for the Mexico earthquake and mm-hmm. for the Philippines the Mexipino burrito was born for a benefit for the typhoon that happened around that time mm-hmm. that was the reason I created it so we had benefits for that so I'm like man I, I kind of feel like I did a bunch here let me just go on my quest to master this up store thing so my brother's now running papalote and i'm i'm in the kitchen in the lab the trenches yeah like making this happen i have a project that actually this is the first place i will announce it but um there's like a new miniature golf course going in in san francisco between the giant stadium and the new warrior stadium in this miniature golf course that's going to open hopefully in the summer there'll be five, six permanent food stands and I'll be one of them nice. with the Apastor Papi. I think so. it's like same people with like Spark Social. It's a, it is. Spark Social yeah. and um, uh, uh, Soma Street. Street, Street. Yeah. Yeah. I don't You're mini right. golf that much but I'll go for Apastor. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the beauty of it is like there's going to be mad publicity and 
and attention for the the finisher golf but i also think that the buzz for this apa store is just building like crazy i mean just you mentioned before like you're you're heavy on social media you have people on their toes yeah like, waiting are, for like, this. ask me every day and so i'm gonna lay back a little bit so that i don't you know like <laughs> and just work on it and like i mentioned earlier i found a class in mexico city this is a culinary institute and my first goal was to just go to mexico city and go stand next to a guy in the street and just see what he does soak up game you know and i did some of that but then on the google search in spanish i found this <laughs> yeah like el google <laughs> el google <laughs> i found the instituto gastronomico de mexico and they did like you can take you know like culinary academy your whole diploma or these one day intensives and they have like pan dulce they have tamales they have all these regional dishes moles salsas but then they had al pastor i'm like yo i was bugging <laughs> out so i called and set it up flew out there for a couple of days i got a dj gig with my rasta homies in mexico city when so when? i yeah i spun like up all 45 vinyl reggae set which is super soothing to the soul and then the next day eight hour class on al pastor ending with the chef teacher feeding us all you can eat al pastor and i was just i was i was the last guy did you get close to 27 like the first time (laughs) that's the record that's the current leaderboard yeah no that's that's gonna be unbreakable i went with los racas to to el tisoncito when i was out there and i'm like yo 27 they're like let's go son I think we had like 11. <laughs> yeah. okay. Not 27 for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> Not just me. 27 pesos. Because so after you've kind of gained all that knowledge and you're coming back with it, how would you best define now what makes an amazing al pastor? The best thing I learned was not how, but why. And that was amazing. And the chef that taught that class was so passionate about Mexican food. He was like, look, these are the ingredients to the master apastor recipe if you can't find these ingredients and you make something else good for you just don't call it apastor oh okay so a lot of places will call it adobada oh i've heard that which is apastor but either not the original ingredients or not on the um vertical grill thing right okay the spit the spit so to me if it's not off the spit it's not apastor and that's it. End of conversation. And I feel like San Francisco has been duped this whole time because <laughs> people are like, oh, my favorite pastor is from Woo Woo Woo. But it's like, it's not spin. a pastor. It's adobada. What about the pineapple on top? Is that one of so the things? So I, I did another research on it. And some people say that the pineapple helps with the balance of the spice. and the, and the I wonder about the caramelization. Well, the I thought that, but it's not that. Oh, okay. It's mainly the balance for the spice, but also pineapple has an enzyme in it that really helps with protein digestion. And so it is believed that that was added to it because it was pork based. And the marinade is meant more for preservation than flavor. And so since it was done so long ago and it's used to be made outdoors, then that's the purpose for both the pineapple and the marinade. So it made me understand Al Pastor a lot better. The other thing that was I was having a hard time with is the stacking technique. Yeah, I've and like, seen plenty of videos and I just my mouth just waters every time. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and everyone has a different approach. It's crazy because I, I kind of started a little miniature taco... Al Pastor tour. Yeah, tour. 
And like people are going like, oh, you should go to here and there. I'm like, no, I'm not doing. I'm not doing tour. No, no, no. Uh, What I did was just kind of started looking at different regions and how they approach al pastor. So I went to L.A. Mm-hmm. And try Shout to like, out to Leo. Yeah, Leo, son. Leo, yo. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. There's two places outside of Mexico City that I've been to that are as good as Mexico City. You're talking that stateside. In LA. So Leo's, Leo's kills it. They have, I think, two or three locations, but they do it super proper. The only thing that's lacking there is that they're at the store guys aren't super sick with it like <laughs> they they'll catch the pineapple like half the time and there's they're 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 not very flowy at it but they're up a store like stacking their, their flare, and flavor the flare's and not cut there. is so there like super there um and then there's this other place there's this yellow taco truck that sets up <coughs> excuse me outside of uh 82 arcade i don't know you mm. know that spot yeah mm-hmm. I that's, DJ'd uh, there that's like arts district area. yeah so before there was all these places here in san francisco where you can drink and play video games it was that place in la and they had djs and that was the emphasis like djs video games booze but at 2 a.m this yellow truck comes up and my boy carrie will tell you that spot was so smacking better than leo's Really? I have to try it. Yeah, so, and I went, last time I went to try it, but they only set up on the weekends, and I was there on the weekdays. So uh, but anyway, so I, I tried that spot, but I just recently went to Las Vegas, and people, it, it blows my mind. Like, I've been to Vegas many times, never for tacos. Who's going to go to Vegas for You're tacos? You go for crab legs. You go for, yeah, you <laughs> go for... Strip mall food. Yeah, or strippers, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you go to Gamble, you go to shows, whatever, with the boys, bachelor party, boo boo. Buffet. Buffet all day. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Wicked Spoon. But I'm then, a Bacchanal girl. Yeah, I went there. You know what? I went to Bacchanal when they opened, whatever it's called. Amazing. I was like, bye, Wicked Spoon. But then I went back this last time and I was like, ah, uh, it's back not to a, Wicked Spoon. Back to Wicked Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I digress. Somebody was telling me, yo, you gotta check. El Gordo in, in Vegas. I'm like, what? Oh, it looks okay. Like has been. And my expectations were mega low. Because of Vegas, not Because I'm like, they, they ain't going to know what's up. Sun. Fire. Fuego. <laughs> Fuego. I was just like, I mean, there was a th- three lines outside that place. Oh, and the guy was, the Uber guy was saying, oh, you're lucky. It's not that busy. <laughs> you're like, what? I was like, what are you talking? He's like, yeah, usually the line's like, down the block like way down and you got a super weight and i was like yo so the most beautiful thing happened like i know i'm made for this and i'm meant for this <laughs> because we waited in line probably for like half an hour we got to the front and the the pastor guy looks at me and and you were i was with randall, randall. randall yeah he looks at us and says well, I already spoke to him in Spanish, like, yeah, okay, now you know. He's like, I'm sorry, but I have to do some maintenance on this spit. It's going to take a while. Please bear with me. And I was like, all good, brother. Do your thing. And yo, I learned so much. You were like, yes. Like, I can it was see like firsthand how to man- maintain and operate high volume al pastor. And I was just going, like, 
Like so many questions like, were, were you, answered. Were you, were you like, wanting to take out your phone and oh, start? I took it. out. Oh, my, I took a video. <laughs> I took audio. Send it to the cloud. Dude, <laughs> that ah oh, man, and that's the beauty of it. Like, who could have? You could have known. Who I couldn't have known. planned that. Yeah. No. You know what I'm saying? Like the timing was so impeccable. It was crazy, and like I had, I saw the guy how he restacked the thing and. How he? Oh, I learned. I got so much game from that, <laughs> and I ate a hell of tacos. <laughs> In the meantime, there's just hell of people mad behind you. Yeah, they were all mad. I was like, "This is amazing. Like, what the hell is this guy?" <laughs> yeah, why is he so happy? Yeah, I was so happy. Why I had to you're wait because you're next. Yeah, nope. I was just like soaking up mad Apple Store yeah. game. So I really can't wait for your debut for this. Then by I'm the, very by excited, the man. Will this be the first uh, venture where someone can come and get it? Yeah, it'll, it'll be like a place where you guys can come. Line up hopefully for half an hour oh, and, longer, <laughs> and get you off the store. Is there an ETA on when this is happening? Uh, they're shooting for May, late May, to open the whole thing up. I, you never know. The beauty of it is if I get everything lined up before, then I can do a bunch of pop ups and stuff at the parks. Yeah. So we'll get it cracking, and I'm already practicing my stacking and my cutting, and there's so much to learn because I want to. I have to come out and and at least be as good as these yeah, homies now. For sure. Like the bar is high, but the beauty of it is that food can just be good, right? And mm-hmm. I, I know it'll make it delicious. And I'll have my own uh, twist too. Not at the Al Pastor. The Al Pastor, I'm going to come 100% yeah, authentic. I love it. Mexico City, uh, all the ingredients. I might have to go to um, TJ like twice a month to get a certain kind of pepper and I, and that's beautiful Ooh, I got a good torture place down there I gotta tell you about it and this. TJ yeah and then uh, so I'll have Ad Pastor on the spit and uh, the super authentic and then I'm gonna have adobada chicken adobada uh, chuck like beef and adobada vegetables that includes cactus Ooh, and nopales. Nopales. Another pizza's here. And more pizza. <laughs> when you do the show, you got to go back to back. Yeah. Pizza's back to back. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Um, so excited. So excited. You know what's beautiful? I don't know if this has ever happened to you guys, but have you ever ordered the... Um, what's that app where you can buy, like, get stuff from the store? Shop of, Instacart? Uh, Instacart. Okay. Instacart. Uh-huh. Have you ever gotten Instacart and Postmates, like you call one and then you call the other, you forget about it, and then they both show up at the same time, son. That shit is the best I've shit. I've never had that happen, but it sounds like it's happened weird. a couple of times and it's the most beautiful thing. Nice. I suggest you aim for that. Well, as excited as you are for that, we probably are for these openings. So keep us posted on. Uh, Let me know if you need again. me to come test anything. All right. Yeah, I heard that. You have my number. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> But yeah, man, just follow me on @pastorpapi415 on Facebook or Instagram, and I, you know, in the meantime, I try to post all the funny stuff and just kind of connect with people and want to hear what you have to say or if you know of a place I have to hit up that's Al Pastor, please let me know because I'm looking for the cutty places. Yeah. Somebody was like. telling me that this guy at Raider Tailgates does an Al Pastor spit only then and it's fire. So. I'm a Niner fan. Have, but you, have you found him yet? No, but my boy knows him, so I might have to You're go, go risk my like life <laughs> and find wearing him. all my Niner stuff and go find Abastor homeboy. What's um? What's your next next destination on sampling of Pastor? 
Uh, San Diego. I want to go to San Diego. And then, oddly enough, my boy Boxkev, who likes to travel, just had some fire at a store at, in New York. Really? And I hear that the outcry of shitty Mexican food in New York is finally being solved and met. Good to know. And satisfied. So there's like not bad tacos out there. So we'll see, you know. Definitely going to go back to Mexico City. And really hit up the cutty spots and then um, see what happens from there. Exciting time for El Pastor. Can't wait. Set your alarm.